This is Westfair Business Buzz from Westfair Communications, publisher of the Westchester County Business Journal. I'm Peter Katz, and we're with Phil Hall, who is with the Westchester County Business Journal, and the Fairfield County Business Journal, and WAG Magazine, and Phil covers Connecticut for the publications. So, Phil, what have you been up to lately? What have I not been up to ever since the COVID-19 pandemic has broken? Uh, myself and all of my colleagues at uh, Westfair Communications, including you, Peter, we've been working a lot longer and a lot harder than we have uh, for many, many years. This is the biggest story of our lifetimes and the news is just really around the clock we've been working late into the evenings and also working on weekends trying to cover everything and anything uh, related to the COVID-19 pandemic. So no fake news here would you agree with that? Oh well actually we have to be very careful with a lot of the news that we are covering because you have to fact check in terms of what's coming out of the government and also have to be certain about what uh, some companies are putting forward. There are reports out there of uh, people that are using it to their advantage, but on the whole, we've uh, had to be on top of everything from uh, how companies are reacting to how governments are reacting to uh, how Main Street is reacting to the, the small businesses, the mom and pop stores. So no stone has been left unturned since this crisis began. You've talked to a lot of uh, business owners, small business operators, storekeepers, um, grocery store operators, restaurateurs, bar operators, uh, real estate operators in Connecticut. How are they faring throughout this? It's difficult, but one thing that has come through, and it's really amazed me, is a sense of optimism. When I'm speaking to people, I'm not getting a sense of woe is me, I'm not getting the pity party, I'm not getting fatalistic uh, concerns, I'm not getting finger-pointing at politicians. There's a, an inner strength in these people that has come through very quietly but very strongly. And I have to say that the interviews that I've done with people who have been impacted by this, who run businesses, who work for companies, it's been very, very inspiring. In many ways, this crisis has brought out the best in people. In the uh, beginnings, there were some people who were saying the news media is exaggerating this. Um, do you still uh, get any criticism, or do people really rely on news media now? Well, uh, I don't get personal criticism, and I hope people don't think that I'm exaggerating. I just did an article for our publication on uh, the perception of the media, and on the whole, uh, the perception's been very strong on both the national level as well as of the local media here in Connecticut, and I think more people are relying on news to see what's going on. I, many people, I think, might be watching it a bit too much, and uh, in that case, they may be agitated by it, but the quality of the coverage has been very, very strong. I have uh, a lot of admiration for my colleagues in the media industry uh, for attending the, the press conferences, for going out and speaking with parents who are concerned about their children being home for such extended period of time. Uh, for the nonprofits who are uh, doing remarkable work, for the healthcare workers, and also for a lot of small businesses, too, are going the extra mile helping people. I just did an interview with a company called Cotton Candy Fabrics out of Brookfield, and it's a fabric store, and they teach quilting classes, and they've taken it upon themselves to create masks for the nurses in the regional hospitals. These are not the N95 sterilized masks, but these are replacement masks for nurses after they come out of the 
uh, intensive care units and the operating rooms, and they're able to keep their uh, faces covered until they're able to get to a safe zone. Have you been going out in the field at all or working it primarily uh, over the phone? Well, I did go out to the uh, visit the lady who runs cotton candy fabrics in Brookfield because it's not far from where I live. But most of the work that I've been doing has been from home. Some stories have actually been put on the back burner. I was supposed to do a tour of uh, Sono 50, which is an office complex in uh, the Sono section of Norwalk, and that had to be postponed. Uh, several other interviews I was supposed to do in person have also been postponed as well. But uh, that's okay, because I'm able to get uh, work done by phone, and people are able to provide photographs to me to illustrate the articles that I'm writing. And just about uh, getting through the routine of life, how has that been up in uh, Connecticut? Uh, how have you been able to get to the supermarket? How have you been able to get to the gas station, etc.? Well, actually, I'm a bit lucky because there's a gas station and a supermarket around the corner from my home, so it isn't uh, difficult actually to get there physically. What you find there is another matter. Uh, we don't have fuel shortages. In fact, the price of gas is the lowest I can remember since I've been living in Connecticut, which has been, uh, this is my 20th year here in the state. Uh, the supermarkets are uh, catch-as-catch-can. Some of them have uh, their merchandise out. Others are missing produce. They are missing uh, paper goods. Actually, I received a phone call from my mother, who lives in the Hartford area. Uh, they still don't have toilet paper up there, and we're already several weeks into this crisis and past the initial panic shopping. But uh, for whatever reason, the paper goods have not been replenished in that part of the state. I went around the corner to one of the drugstores where I live, and I was able to find toilet paper, which I had to bring up to her. And are you going to name that uh, drugstore for us and give us the address? Well, uh, I, I don't know about that because they do, they're not an advertiser. I can say that their initials are CVS. Oh, you're, you're just <laughs> trying to, to protect your supply. That's what you're doing. I, I know. Well, they do, they do a wonderful job. And I, I have to say I really have a lot of admiration for the people who are working in retail because they're working in very difficult circumstances. And, again, as with the other people I've met, they're not complaining about it. They, this is, they really rose to the occasion. And when I go into the store and deal with the, uh, the people behind the counters and speak with the people who are stocking the shelves, they're doing a wonderful, wonderful work, and they really should be appreciated. And how has it been dealing with government? Have you found government to be open, uh, more so than usual, less so than usual? Uh, well, it's interesting. I've spoken to business owners, and that's probably the one kink in the story, is that they have to be proactive and chase after the government to get information. It's not like the government agencies here in Connecticut are proactively contacting businesses saying this is what you need to do. Um, I have heard about uh, people having difficulty getting through to the unemployment office, but that's to be expected considering the unprecedented surge of people applying at once. But again, I can't really fault the government for that, and I don't think most people in Connecticut will because the, this is a circumstance beyond anyone's control. And a lot of people will like to say, oh, well, we weren't prepared for it. But then how do you prepare for something like this? This type of a situation, you'd only see this in a science fiction movie, not in real life. Well, actually, we have seen it in real life uh, before. 
Uh, and uh, there are occasional uh, pandemics in the world. Uh, that's just part of nature, actually. Um, what's interesting, though, uh, is that, at least from the New York side, uh, we've had superb leadership from uh, Governor Cuomo, who's been really thinking out of the box and thinking ahead. And the planning has been oh, for what's called the apex, for the, the point at which the healthcare system will be under maximum stress, the point at which there will be a maximum number of cases, uh, and then if you can ride out the apex, then um, getting back to normal uh, seems much more doable, uh, although it may take many months. Um, do you think that the planning in Connecticut has been forward-thinking, or are they still playing catch-up? I'm getting the, the point that it's it's both proactive and reactive. Uh, I did a story for a publication about the Webster Bank Arena being used uh, for hospital overflow, and that was announced by Mayor Ganim in Bridgeport. And then a day or so later, one of the state agencies uh, overrode him, saying it's not needed at this time because in that particular part of the state, uh, the situation isn't that bad. So there might be a bit of a communications hiccup. I have to admire Andrew Cuomo's uh, leadership during this uh, time. I can understand why he's on television every day, on national television, with the press conferences. Uh, Governor Ned Lamont here in Connecticut uh, went through a pretty rough patch trying to sell uh, the concept of tolls in the state, and I think he may have squandered a lot of goodwill with that. I'm not seeing uh, the level of Connecticut residents being impressed with him the way that New Yorkers, and for that matter, many Americans, are impressed with Andrew Cuomo. But then they're, they're both very different uh, personalities, and they have very different communication skills. Uh, Governor Lamont is still relatively new to uh, the job. He's, uh, he was only elected in 2018, and of course, uh, Governor Cuomo has been in office uh, much longer than that. Than that, and also has been in the public eye much longer than that as well, both in Albany and also in Washington. And how about at the local level? Uh, has there been uh, an, an outgoing, responsive, uh, local political response? Do you hear from elected officials in Westchester, for example, uh, right here in White Plains, where Westfair is located? Uh, Mayor Tom Roach uh, does robocalls every night, bringing people up to date on what's happening in White Plains. Uh, the city has been proactive uh, in uh, running lists of which restaurants are doing takeout service, which businesses may still be open to some extent, etc. Have you been finding any of that in Connecticut? Well, I can speak for my town. Uh, we did get, I think, one or two robocalls from our first select woman, uh, Brenda Kupchik. Uh, I did get robocalls from our congressman, Jim Himes. He was hosting uh, a virtual town hall and was inviting people to uh, to join him. I get emails from our state senator, Tony Huang, and I do get updates from our U.S. Senator, Chris Murphy, and that's pretty much been the extent of the contact I've received. I'm not certain what's going on in the other towns in the area and also the cities within Fairfield County. I assume that it's something similar to that. Do you have any sense as to whether the hospital system in Connecticut is going to be able to cope with this? Is it still set up regionally? Is it every hospital for itself? Or have they come together in a statewide system, as have the private and public hospitals in New York State? 
I believe that the hospitals are starting to uh, follow the New York example to do that. Uh, Connecticut is a much smaller state, of course, than, uh, than New York, and here in Fairfield County, uh, we only have a relatively uh, limited number of hospitals. There were two in Bridgeport, one in Norwalk, uh, one in Danbury, and I believe there's uh, one down in Greenwich, a very good hospital at that. And that's pretty much it for the entire county. So uh, the way that our system is set up here, we are sort of uh, divided between different health care groups, uh, Yale New Haven Health, Hartford Health Care, elsewhere in the state. But I'm getting the, the, the feeling that they are starting to work together. Uh, this is uh, they're being maybe not something that they wanted to do, but uh, due to the circumstances, they're going to have to uh, find a way to have some sort of a for lack of a better word, a hospital brotherhood. Yeah, in terms of Metro North, and we know the service has been horrible there uh, because uh, ridership is down, uh, and so they've had to cut back. They've gone to Saturday schedules. Uh, where does the state of Connecticut stand with respect to public transit? Uh, will there be a way for people to continue getting around as they have to? There are certain people who just have to uh, get from one place to another. They're called first responders. They're called hospital workers. Uh, so you have to provide for some of them. What What is Connecticut doing in, in the way of the, the basics of being able to get around? Well, we still, Metro North is still running, uh, of course, but uh, on a limited schedule, as you said, and non-essential workers are encouraged not to use it. It's somewhat ironic in a way because for the longest time, the state of Connecticut had been trying to encourage people to use mass transit. Um, unlike other states, uh, most of the people here in Connecticut heavily rely on their automobiles, and it's not uncommon to see uh, the public buses near empty. Of course, now... Uh, the state is basically saying to try to stay off mass transit if possible, so it's going to the other route, which is difficult for the people who are working in the essential jobs, as you mentioned, as well as in retail and a lot of the, uh, the lower-paying jobs. Uh, they have to rely on mass transit, and the, the routes, as far as I know, uh, are not running on the regular schedules that they used to. So uh, that's a bit of a challenge that has to be addressed. Now, part of the... the way to try to minimize the impact from this virus is social distancing, keeping people apart. And as, uh, as news people, as reporters, it does interfere with our ability to go out and get stories. What have you done to change the way you operate on a day-to-day -day basis in covering the news? Well, I'm starting the day a lot earlier than I used to. Uh, and working a lot later than I used to, and also working into the weekends as well, uh, which is, as a B2B publication, uh, before all of this, we had the luxury of not needing to work on Saturdays and Sundays. That's, of course, not a luxury anymore. Uh, I'm using a lot of Skype now to do interviews, so I'm able to at least have some uh, FaceTime with people that otherwise I would have met in person. Uh, I never really used Skype before, and I actually just signed up for Zoom, so... Uh, I guess I'm finally uh, being dragged into the 21st century. Do you think it's going to change the way we do things once this is all over? Have we gone into a new era of communication via wire, Internet? 
Well, I think we were already there. One of the, the good things about the whole digital age is that uh, we were ready to communicate. It's, these technologies have been around for quite some time, but now, of course, are having a much greater relevance than they ever had before. Uh, one thing that I'm concerned about is that once this is over and if people realize they like working at home, uh, what's going to happen to office spaces? Are companies going to need to maintain large offices that they could just as easily and more cost efficiently have their employees working out of their bedrooms and living rooms? So uh, that's something I'm going to be looking at when this pandemic dies down and when uh, the new not normal gives way to the old normal. Well, it's not just uh, the office parks uh, that are being impacted by this. Uh, we have the retail establishments, we have shopping malls that are shut down. They, of course, have been facing some stiff competition from internet shopping. What do you think might happen uh, to Connecticut commercial real estate, aside from offices? Well, uh, here in Connecticut, the big story prior to COVID-19 was the Sono Collection at Norwalk, which is the new luxury mega mall. And that had just opened over the, the Thanksgiving Christmas uh, period. So it didn't really have much of a chance to uh, take root. And actually, some of the stores weren't even ready by the time uh, the mall was forced to shut down. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that, uh, that particular property, because so much money has gone into it and it barely got started. I have a sneaking suspicion that once this is over, a lot of people are going to go back to the stores. Uh, you can buy stuff online, but lately a lot of the merchandise that's being offered online is being offered at an exaggerated high price. I'd like to think when this is over and prices are down, people will want to go out, they'll want to breathe fresh air, particularly if it's going to be late spring or summer when the weather is nice. And I think that uh, traditional retail is going to rebound because of that. Do you think maybe there's a chance that small town downtowns are going to come back? I think so. I think it'll come back. It might even come back with a vengeance because uh, people don't want to live uh, isolated from each other. It, it's, we're making the best of a bad situation, but we don't want this to be the new normal. And I think if anyone's going to benefit from this, it's going to be the retailers and it's going to be the, uh, the downtowns, the local shopping areas, the strip malls. People will want to come back. They'll want to walk through the stores. They'll want to see friends. They'll want to handle merchandise again. Uh, that's one of the more uh, upsetting things about buying merchandise online is you, you actually can't see what you're buying. You're just looking at a photo and hoping for the best. You know, have you heard anything from local officials about the financial situation? Down here in Westchester, the county executive is rather blunt about the whole thing, saying it's a, it's a fiscal calamity uh, for the county. Uh, and Governor Cuomo indicates it's a fiscal calamity for the state with something like a 10 to $15 billion hole in the budget. Where are you in Connecticut, statewide and especially locally? How are the, the towns and villages and cities going to manage? Well, that's the $64,000 question because they were barely managing before this began. We had a lot of problems with our budget. Uh, Connecticut had been lagging behind the New England region and the nation as a whole in terms of bouncing back from the Great Recession. Uh, the whole debate over tolls uh, sort of paralyzed the state for a while, and when it became obvious this was not going to pass, a lot of the towns were concerned where they're going to get the revenue from the state to uh, go through with 
services. Now, with this situation in hand, uh, I don't really think they're asking about that uh, in depth. If they are, they're not asking about it in public. I think many uh, town leaders would want to get through the, the health crisis aspect of the situation as opposed to the financial, which will be addressed in due time. But right now, it's, it's one crisis at a time. One of the tenets in journalism is the reporter is not supposed to become part of the story. But for a minute, let's forget that and become part of the story here and, and tell us what lessons do you get from this? What are your impressions of this whole thing? And what are you going to take away when all of this is over? Well, the impressions I get for it are uh, people are a lot stronger than we might imagine them to be. Uh, business owners in particular are ready and willing to stand up to whatever challenge is going to happen. They will make tough decisions, but they're not going to be making them in an unfair or cruel manner. I think that a lot of the people who are at home now, they're making the best of the situation, either working from home or for those who are not working uh, from home. They're out volunteering, they're out trying to, uh, to help in their communities. Uh, a crisis can bring out the best and the worst in people. For the most part, I've seen it bring out the best. And when I do look back on this year or so now, uh, I'm going to remember the, uh, the difficult times that uh, happened, the, a lot of the uncertainty, but I'm also going to remember a lot of the good people that I met and spoke to and interviewed who tried to make a positive difference, who tried to create a sense of community, even if it was in a digital or virtual setting and seriously pushed back at uh, the sense of fear and hopelessness that could have easily taken over but did not. And thanks Phil Hall, a member of the Westfair family who covers Connecticut. I'm Peter Katz and tune in next time for the next edition of Westfair Business Buzz. Join us again for Westfair Business Buzz.